0: Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Visit HomeThreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's HomeThreads.com parenting to get your code for 15% off your order. Because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads love where you live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Filet-O-Fish Sandwich all day. and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello everyone. So last week I covered the four classic parenting styles that most psychologists and psychological literature and research still refers to most commonly today. But there are several parenting styles that have similarities, mixtures, offshoots, etc. of these four styles that have risen in popularity. Some have risen and fallen but that we've been using as parents over these past several decades. So, the original styles are laid out in a quadrant system from low in warmth or low responsiveness to high in warmth or high in responsiveness going left to right, and low in expectation to high in expectation from bottom to top for each of these styles. So they fit, each of the styles that are covered fit into one of the four quadrants. So we created a graphic to illustrate this on our Instagram account. So if you like visual representations, I know I do. I do very well with visual pictures more than just words. I'm a visual learner for sure and also a kinesthetic learner, but getting off topic there. uh, All that's in a class I have actually on uh, multiple intelligence theory and learning styles. But anyway, so we have the graphic on the Instagram account. Your Village Online is the Instagram account. We also created a quick guide to the styles and the outcomes that is all in a slider on that Instagram account. So if you wanna see that, you can go to the Instagram at Your Village Online and check that out. Okay, so I wanna dig into these new parenting styles, what they are, how they originated, if I have that information, and the outcomes. As you listen and learn about each of these, if you recognize yourself, even if it's just a pattern you do sometimes, but not all the time or in certain situations, think about the why behind it. Because all of these parenting practices in general do come from a good place. They generally come from a place of love, wanting the best for our children. So you'll hear me share the common whys behind them, but it's good to think about our own whys. And then as you learn about some of the outcomes that are either favorable or not so favorable, then it's easier to adjust our why. Like if it's because we want to do the best for our kids and maybe it's not potentially the best outcome, then we can switch that around a little bit and we can do some adjusting and some course correction. But coming from a place of love doesn't automatically mean that it's beneficial for everyone involved so sometimes they and and then sometimes they also stem out of codependence these codependent patterns that we have from our own past so i haven't talked much about codependency especially as it relates to parenting on this podcast at all but 90 percent of the population exhibits some level of codependent behavior so it's something We all really need to recognize, be aware of how it exhibits in our life and in what ways we pass on or perpetrate this unhealthy behavior pattern with our kids. So I'm going to do a couple episodes, probably many episodes in the near future where we dig into the topic of codependence, our own codependence, and then in ways that parents often will pass it on in patterns that we have in interacting with our kids because I think that's a really great topic, really important work. Um, that we can do going forward to help break our kids, free our kids from these codependent patterns. But I'm going to touch on that today as it relates to some of these parenting styles and parenting patterns. Okay, so I'm going to begin with helicopter parenting. It's also known as snowplow parenting or overparenting. So it's been termed the fifth style, tacked onto the four I covered last week. So you may sometimes see a title in a blog or a video called the five parenting styles. This is what they're talking about, the four original ones. Usually it's those four original ones I talked about, plus this one, the helicopter parenting style. So the helicopter or snowplow parenting does have many tenants of the indulgent parenting style or the permissive parenting style, but it really has that indulgent piece. It actually seems to be the indulgent style on steroids, and you'll see what I mean. So the term was coined back in 1990 by a child development researchers, Foster Klein and Jim Fay, in their book, Parenting with Love and Logic. The authors stated that the parent will hover over and then rescue their children whenever trouble arises. So helicopter, as I just said, it refers to the hovering piece, hovering over every little thing that they're doing, really micromanaging the child every little thing that they do. The snowplow piece, refers to the parent removing all or as many obstacles for their children as they possibly can. So as you can see, it does overlap in some ways with indulgent or permissive style. If you remember uh, the whole college scandal with Lori Lachlan and Felicity Huffman where they hired people to lie, change scores for their children's tests and that kind of thing to get their children into elite colleges. This is a prime example of the helicopter parenting style, making sure their child is successful, that there are no boundaries to their child's success. So they will do anything and everything to remove boundaries. Now there's obviously an, you know, there's um, a spectrum of this. That is a very extreme example of that. So this isn't always the case, but a lot of times also with this helicopter parenting is some is a lot of coddling. These are parents who dote on the child. They smother the child with affection, a false sense of perfection without actually emotionally connecting. So it's not connecting with the child for who they are and allowing them to become and grow into their, you know, their best selves, their highest selves. It creates a role for the child. So this isn't always the case with helicopter parenting, but it can be a piece of it, just so you're aware of it and also with the permissive parenting style. So What ends up happening is it creates, for an an adult, entitlement, insecurity, a lot of insecurity. They haven't had to overcome anything. There's often an imposter syndrome. Fear they'll be seen as not perfect because they don't know how to overcome any adversity. So they really don't try to do anything. They're unsure of who they actually are. They lack a lot of resilience. Also, according to two studies done in 2016, There's more outcomes that are very unfavorable. They grow up with few coping skills. Like I just said, a sense of entitlement. They can't do much for themselves. They have stronger symptoms of anxiety and depression. And according to that study, helicopter parenting was also associated with poor functioning in emotional skills, decision-making, and academic functioning. Obviously, because the parents are removing a lot of obstacles so that the kids don't have to really come up against much in the academic world either. Now, helicopter parenting comes from a very good place. They want the best for their kids. They want their children to have a happy life. They don't want their children to have to deal with ups and downs and all of the the big emotions and the struggles that, you know, life is really about. But unfortunately, that does a huge disservice because the outcomes are disastrous. They don't learn how to face any adversity and overcome it. So, I wish I could remember which episode this was, but I just did one in the last, I want to say month and a half, where I shared another research study of outcomes from the children. There were uh, quite a few children, 500, I think, that were actually interviewed about their adult life, about where they struggled, who were raised by helicopter parents. And the results were quite overwhelming, that the the adults who grew up in homes with helicopter parenting, they corroborated everything I just said, how they had very little coping, they had very little resiliency, problem solving, they had low or no motivation or self-esteem to really do much of anything in life. They really never learned how to rise up, and so they really just avoid, they will just avoid any kind of adversity at every turn. So due to never having had to overcome any adversity and having no idea how to face a lot of life's just normal ups and downs, let alone anything difficult. You know, there's a lot of things in life we're not gonna be able to do for our kids once they're older. So they really need to learn this when they're with us. So it's hard to see our kids upset, especially when they're little and we feel like they're too little or too young. They're lacking development to really understand adversity and we want to try to make it better for them. We want to try to fix it. So this is where we're going to talk about codependency. One of the traits of codependency is trying to fix things, fix other people, make things better for other people. We feel like that's our role to fix people. So this is where that codependency can come in in parenting. And if if this is something that is one of your traits or that you've done, that you know, that you're like, oh my gosh, that's me. I know I do that. You're gonna recognize it right away and you're gonna recognize that, okay, yeah, I'm doing some of this with my kids. So I'm gonna recognize that I'm doing it. Know that my kids need some adversity, that it's okay, that I don't have to fix everyone. It's not my job to fix everyone. It's my job to work on me, to fix myself, to set my boundaries. I know this is a lot. We're not gonna get too deep into this, but just the recognition is the first part. We're gonna recognize that. And be okay with, learn to be okay with, allow. I know it's hard to start to make that okay, to let our child struggle a little bit with some big feelings. But then we're there for them. We are empathetic about it. I see you're having some really big feelings about that. I can see that you really wanted to go to the park right now, but it's raining out and we can't go. Allow them to have those feelings, not trying to fix it, not trying to go, let's go make a cake and try to... um, You can still do that after they calm down, but to not try to fix it and try to make them forget about um, the struggle and the deep emotions that are hard to deal with. They need to come up against those deep feelings. They need to know they can work through it and they're going to come out okay. And that's what builds the resilience. So this is that foundation that we're building their coping, building their resistance so they can be equipped to take on life's ups and downs with the best of them. So when I've talked to parents, they sometimes fear that setting boundaries with their young children will break their child's amazing spirit. But it's actually the opposite. It gives their child tools to face challenges and move through those feelings and then go back again and be like, okay, that didn't work that time. Not necessarily with asking for the cookie, but, (laughs) you know, before dinner or wanting to go to the park when it's raining, but... You know, later on in life when they wanna do something, they wanna make the team and they haven't quite made it. It gives them that resilience to go back and try again and figure out how am I gonna get this science project to work? How am I going to get my grades up so that I can you know, go to the advanced math group? So these are really important things starting very early. We're giving them skills that are going to serve them really well in life. So next, I'm going to get into exactly what those skills are and how we can scaffold that for, for our children And these are skills that are opportunities that are missing in the helicopter parenting style. And I'm going to give three very distinct examples that I've had in my own family, right after a word from our sponsors. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to a hundred times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Now that we're back after the break, I'm going to get into these life skills that are really important and really helpful for success for our children to have, and also three really distinct examples that I have had in my own family that I can walk you through that I think will be really helpful. I've had parents tell me that when I give really distinct examples that it's really helpful to them on how to exhibit these in their own home, how to help their own children, so we're going to go into those. Also, this episode is already getting a little longer than I expected, so I'm going to have to divide this episode into yet- another episode, so we're gonna talk about the additional parenting styles in a part three episode. Now for the life skills that are missing opportunities in the helicopter parenting style that we definitely wanna make sure that our children are exposed to and make sure that they get very adept at by the time they leave our home. We want to allow our children to do for themselves, so this is another area. Allowing our children to do for themselves anything they're capable of. This is most of the time. So, of course, we can be courteous. Get them a glass of water and not make them get up and go do it just because they can. If they're sitting at the dinner table and we happen to be getting ourselves a glass of water or we happen to be getting another dish out of the oven to bring to the table, we're already up, of course. Get your child a glass of water. Be courteous like you would with anyone. But if you're sitting down and they're sitting down and like, could you get me a glass of water? No, they can get up, go get the glass of water if they're old enough to be perfectly capable. They can reach the glasses, the cups. We actually had a cabinet with the cups lower when our kids were little, so they could go get it. They could get it right out of the refrigerator themselves. Give them the tools and the opportunities to be independent and take care of themselves. We want to treat them like they're capable people that they are at their age, at each age-appropriate step. So you want to expect them to get up and get ready on their own, In the mornings, by 8 to 9, they can definitely handle this. They can get themselves a healthy snack at 8 or 9. They can clean up after themselves. This is something we start super early. So this is a class I have on raising responsible kids. It covers these tasks kids should be able to do by age, things that we should be relinquishing to them by age so that they are So mature, so responsible, so self motivated by the time they are, well, all the way through childhood, but by the time they leave home, they are ready to take care of themselves, do all their life tasks on their own. So it covers not just these life skills or things they should be able to do from ages two all the way to 17, but how to help them learn to be responsible for choices and outcomes that they make so that they can learn to make better choices with practice. So they need practice at making a bad choice. That's how we get better so that they can next time think about, yeah, I didn't like how that turned out last time. I'm going to do that differently. So they can problem solve. Well, that didn't work the last time I tried it that way. So what could I do differently this time to make sure that everything works out? I get my homework done on time. I do better on my test, whatever it is. We want to give them that practice, give them the opportunities and the skills. So this is why helicopter parenting just robs them of all that opportunity, So when they're little, we can give them tools to see how far they can go on their own, but oftentimes we'll need to step in after that, and that's okay. And this has been a process in our house that I have unfurled as they've aged. So teaching my kids to advocate for themselves is a big part of my parenting because I want them to know how to discuss any issue or struggle with their bosses, their college professors, Friendships and romantic relationships, step in and say, this isn't working for me. We have to be able to advocate for ourselves and I want them to know how to do this. I want them to have practice. So when they have an issue, I give them some tools to go and talk to their friend or their teacher or their coach, whatever it is about the issue. I give them the tools so that they can go do it. And if it doesn't go the way they planned, then I'll step in and help them out some more. So now I'm going to get into three distinct examples of times that I can remember helping my children with this. This is an ongoing process that we actually do a lot, but these are times I can really remember helping them with this that I think are gonna be really helpful for parents who want to have some example about what does it mean to help my child advocate for themselves? How do I help them? How do I scaffold that process? How do I give them the tools so that they can go forward and at least start the process? So I'm gonna talk about that now in these three examples. And I did this with my son. Actually, I remember in first grade, he was having some trouble with his first grade teacher. And so I had him talk to her first. I said, here's a good way to talk about it in a responsible and mature manner that isn't blaming or being upset. It's just pointing out, you know, what you experienced and that you would like to talk about it so that it can be different next time. And he did. He went up and he talked to her about it. And then we called a meeting with the parents and it got with the parent with me. So the three of us sat down and I had him start the talk about his experience with her. And she was very receptive. I think she was very receptive because I taught him how to approach it in a way that was very mature. And then I, then we all had a discussion, the three of us. It was a really great experience for him. So there's a couple more examples I've had just in the last couple of weeks with my daughter. So she was complaining about her class group and the assignment. Now we've all had those groups where we're the one Does the work and we get paired with other people who are just there's always the one person who's doing the work. There's usually one like sort of mediocre person and one person who doesn't do a darn thing. And of course, this was her experience, and she was the one that cares the most about her grade. And it seems like teachers always pair kids up that way because they don't want to end up with a group with three people who don't do anything and a group of three people who are like superstars. So that's just how it ends up happening. So she had this experience. Now, as a helicopter parent, I might have swooped in there and chastised the teacher and gotten very upset for putting her in a group with students who aren't up to her level, who aren't up to snuff. And I do have a lot of friends who are teachers and unfortunately this is not uncommon for them to come in and just demand for their child, demand the best for their child, demand that their child have the best group, you know, which really isn't helping my daughter in life. So she had to learn to face this problem and overcome it how we are going to scaffold her, how to deal with people who are difficult. She's going to come up against people who are difficult at work, in life, in any sport that she does, any extracurricular activity that she does. There's always people who are going to be more difficult and we have to know how to deal with them. And if we can help our kids do this and give them those skills, awesome, it's awesome. So I felt like this was a really good opportunity for her to learn that there's some people who are difficult And you get to learn what your strengths are. And you get to learn, you know, you might be surprised by people sometimes too. And you're not going to learn if you don't work with those people. So I gave her some tools to learn to deal with that. And then off she went to work with her group. And she got it done. They got it done. The second was the advanced math group. So she came home from school one day and she was visibly upset. And so I said, something happened at school today, didn't it? And she said, yeah. I said, do you want to come talk about it? She said, yes. So we went outside and we sat down. And it turns out that all of her friends were invited to join the advanced math group that is now learning sixth grade math. And she was not invited. And she felt very left out of it. And I said, well, can you go talk to your teacher about what it, why you weren't invited to this group? And so you can find out, maybe there's still a possibility that you could join if there's something that you need to do to catch up or if there's, she had one math test that wasn't very good. All the rest have been amazing. And so I don't know if that was the reason, but I said, why don't you go talk to your teacher about it? So she's really shy. She does not like these kinds of, I'm not even going to call it a confrontation, but these, but she does not like to advocate for herself in that way, especially with adults. She's very, very shy. She gets very nervous. Uh, And I said, I think you need to try to do this on your own. And she was like, okay. And I told her, you know, what to say, you know, how to approach. And so the next day after school, I said, so how did it go? And she told me that, um, first of all, that she was super nervous. She's like, I was shaking. I couldn't stop shaking. (laughs) She's like, I've never shaken like that before. Shaken? Shook? (laughs) Like that before. And... I said, wow, I'm really proud of you for really facing up to that fear and going ahead and talking to your teacher anyway. She's like, so I asked him and he said, the reason he didn't invite me was because her twin brother is in the class and her twin brother really wasn't up to par. He's up to par with the math work, but he's not up to par uh, res- you know, with the responsible piece. He's just not, he doesn't focus well as you all know, if you've been listening to me, he has ADHD. So he struggles to stay focused. And so he felt like, because it's a very independent group, felt like Chandler wouldn't be able to stay on task. And I totally understand that, but he didn't want to pull Taylor in and not pull Chandler in. So that was the one reason. Also the other was, was another one of the math tests. And so I said, well, it's really not fair for him to hold you back because of Chandler. I said, I don't ever want you the teachers to feel like they have to keep you together or that that's going to cause issues at home between the two of you. So I said, if you want me to talk to your teacher about that, I will. And she said, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I said, okay. She said, he told me if I get a four on the next math test, then I can join the advanced group. And I said, okay, awesome. It was all taken care of. So she stepped up and she did it. You know, um, as a helicopter parent, I might've stepped in and gone into the teacher. Why isn't my daughter in this group? She should be in this group. I want her to handle that on her own and he had his reasons I, I knew he had his reasons and I wanted her to find out what those were so teaching our kids to advocate for themselves. So if you want to learn more about that if this is some a skill that you really want to work on for your kids if you're not sure how to do this that class raising responsible kids on the website yourvillageonline.com. also with all the members. I do bi-weekly parenting chats where we get together and parents can come in with any questions they have so they can get that extra support from me. If there are things going on and you're just not sure how to scaffold this process, we can talk about it in their small groups. Two to three parents come in and they all talk about these types of issues and and lots more. all kinds Tantrums, power struggles, all kinds of things and how to address those and set good boundaries. So we go over all that and you have that extra support. So Uh, If that's something you would love to have support with, yourvillageonline.com. Come join us. We would love to have you. All right, everyone. So I apologize for going into some deeper detail than I expected, but I really hope that's helpful. I do have parents who tell me they really like to hear the wording and the ways that I do talk with my children. It gives them a framework to use in their own home. So I hope that you found those helpful. So I really wanted to make sure that we covered that. So we will get into the last set of parenting styles in the next episode. If you have any questions, any clarifications you would like about this episode, any comments about anything that struck you or was interesting to you or any aha moments, we would love to hear it. You can send us an email at podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.